Psalm 118. O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They surrounded me like bees. They were quenched like a fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. You pushed me violently that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me severely but he has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. I will praise you, for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Save now. The Hebrew word is Hosanna. I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Whew. Let's pray together. Our Lord, today you have shepherded us to that place in Mark's gospel where we will be 
examining and examined by the triumphal entry event of our Lord Jesus Christ when he came into Jerusalem. We are asking that you would enable us to embrace and be embraced by your truth, that it might be a source of comfort and deliverance to us in this day and in days to come. We are asking that you will truly shepherd us into your presence. All for your glory and praise, we pray. Amen. Now, do we have the songs that... All right. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 26. Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered, entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, and immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and found the colt tied at the door outside on the street, and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, What are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the kingdom of our father David! who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. 
And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. He has come as the King. How many times in the gospel accounts do people before this day cry out to him, you are the king of kings, you are the Lord of lords, you are the Messiah, you are the son of David, you are the, you are the coming king. And Jesus said, okay, keep that to yourself, keep that to yourself, keep that to yourself. This is the day when he says to the apostles, go out and yell it out in the gospel of Matthew account as Jesus is riding the, the colt, the foal of a donkey, by the way, not a horse, the colt, the foal of a donkey, a servant's beast, as he is riding in and the, Jew, and the people are crying out, Hosanna, Lord, save, Lord, save, save now, save now, save now. They know he's the king. They know he's the one who's going to bring in the kingdom that will cleanse Israel of its wicked leadership, that will set the whole world in its right place, save now, save now. And the Jewish leaders, how dare you let them say that of you? You should stop them. If they weren't saying it, the rocks would be crying it out. This is the day when the great announcement is to take place. And so we have Jesus sending the disciples in to get the colt, the foal of this donkey. Now in the Mark, rendition it just says a cult but everybody knew because Matthew had been written for Matthew and Luke had both been written <laughs> they knew it was the cult the full of a donkey by the way a donkey is a servant's beast kings and emperors don't ride around on donkeys they ride around on horses on battle horses on the most beautiful de- decorous animals they can find And here Jesus is riding in on a donkey. Why? Because he is coming as the servant king. He is going to do for the people of the world what only he can do. He knows that what awaits him is he's already told the apostles twice. No, excuse me, three times. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. 
I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tried by the Jewish leadership. Then I'm going to be handed over to the Romans. And I'm going to be abused. I'm going to suffer all of these things. And I'm going to be crucified. And on the third day, I will rise from the dead. He has repeatedly said that. He's told them, he's told them, he's told them. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. And in fact, first time he said it, Peter takes him aside, takes him aside and says, right in front of the other apostles, not so, Lord, that's not going to happen. No, 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 that's not the plan. That's not the plan. That's the only way we signed up for. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, says Jesus to Peter. For you do not savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. The biggest punch in the face imaginable. Because Satan doesn't want Jesus going to the cross. Because that's where Jesus will pay sin's penalty for the human race. And the human race will be yanked out of his hand. He had, by the fall of man, which he engineered, driven entire humanity into the place of guilt and shame before God. And Jesus is going to deliver them from that. And so Jesus rebukes Peter because at that moment he is, in fact, an instrument of the devil. Get behind me, Satan, for you do not savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And then he says to Peter and the rest of the apostles, you are going to... Follow me, you're going to have wonderful blessing, 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 blessing with persecutions. With persecutions. Yes, you're going to continue to serve in a hostile environment, but the day of great glory is coming. The day of great glory is coming. And so here is the day of Jesus' triumphal entry, which, by the way, was March the 30th, 33 AD. And if you don't want to. You, know, you want to know where you can get that from? There's a book out there, still available on the market, uh, called Chronological Aspects of the Life of Christ by Harold Honer. And the day of Jesus' triumphal entry was March the 30th, 33 AD. And I won't go into all the wonderful details with that. So this is Monday, March the 30th, 33 AD, is the day of the triumphal entry. And... He rides in on a servant beast, and yet the people are there greeting him. They know who he is. They know he's Messiah. Hosanna, save now, save now, save now. They know the kingdom promises from the Hebrew prophets. They know John the Baptist modeled in his ministry Israel in judgment. Jesus modeled in his ministry Israel in glory, in blessing. John the Baptist was out in the wilderness eating locusts and wild honey and wearing animal skins. Jesus is sitting at the banquet tables with fellows like Matthew and all of his friends. How dare your, how dare your leader, said the Pharisees to Jesus' apostles, how dare he eat with tax collectors and sinners? <laughs> and when the apostles brought the word in, this is what they're saying to you about you out on the street. He says, well, it's the sick that need a physician. I'm here to minister to the sick. I don't care what they think. But he is, he's banqueting. He is modeling kingdom glory to come. And what does it say in verse 9? Then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying... Well, they started laying out the... They're throwing their clothes on the road. Folks, clothes were valuable. Everything's handmade. 
This is costing those worshipers something. And they're pulling the palm branches down and putting them on the street and holding them up. By the way, palm branches were etched on the walls, some of the walls of the temple. They were perfect in their symmetry, and they were actually an emblem of the coming kingdom. And they're holding these palm branches in their hands, crying out, Hosanna, save now, save now, bring in the kingdom now. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David. Well, just in the previous passage, we had this fellow as Jesus is coming up, passing Jericho, coming up to Jerusalem, this fellow Bartimaeus, the blind man, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, yelling out, son of David, son of David, son of David. They all know Jesus' genealogy. Word has gotten out. He's been doing public ministry for all for three years, what did the Jewish leadership want to do? They wanted to disqualify Jesus as the Messiah. They wanted to disqualify him. So I'm sure they did the genealogical, oh no, oh no, oh no. He is a son of David. He is the son of David. He had the right to David's throne. And the Jewish leadership know it. They never challenged that. Hosanna, blesses you, comes in the name of the Lord, blesses the kingdom of our father David. His legal father Joseph was in the line of David, but he was also in the line of Kaniah who was cursed. So the legal father of Jesus is Joseph. That's the Matthew genealogy. The Luke genealogy is actually Mary's genealogy, and she is a descendant of David. He's got it covered. He has both the DNA requirement and the legal requirement. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Save now, save now, save now. Well, that's a threat to the Jewish religious leaders because they are the Sadducees. The high priests were Sadducees. They were wicked men who are already conspiring to murder the man whom they knew as Messiah. They already had the hit squad out looking for Lazarus, trying to kill him, because he's too big an evidence for Jesus. And the temple had been a den of thieves for well over 200 years. As I've mentioned before, that's why you had this sect of the Essenes out by the Dead Sea, because they were Jews who were so sick to death of the temple worship being a den. It was a money machine for the for the sons of Aaron, the high priest who was a money machine for them. And Jesus went into Jerusalem, verse 11, and into the temple. So when he looked around at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. Now, let me say, you know, I've got a question for, for Peter. Now, this is the Gospel of Mark, but as I've noted before, this could authentically be called the Gospel of Peter. Peter is actually, Mark is the scribe. Peter is giving the narrative to Mark. He was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves... Beautiful, beautiful tree. From a distance, it looked absolutely fantastic, a glorious, glorious tree. 
having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for fig. Well, do you think Jesus knew that? Think Jesus knew that there weren't going to be any figs? He's actually making a far different point. Let me point this out to you. Let me start here. It's Jeremiah. Chapter 8, verses 8 through 13. How can you say, we are wise, and the law of the Lord is with us? Look, a false, the false pen of the scribe certainly works falsehood. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to those who, who will inherit them. Because from the least even to the greatest, everyone has, is given to covetousness. That was the very dis description of the temple worship and what was being done by the priest. Everyone is given to covetousness from the prophet even to the priest. Everyone deals falsely, for they have healed the hurt for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall, and in time of their punishment, they shall be cast down, says the Lord." I will surely consume them, says the Lord. No grapes shall be on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. And the leaf shall fade, and the things I have given them shall pass away from them. Hosea, chapter 9. And verse 10, I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first fruits of the fig tree in its first season, but they went to Baal of Peor and separated themselves to that shame. They became an abomination like the thing they loved. Again, the fig tree. And the, and the fruitless fig tree. Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your, your king is coming to you. He is just and have, having salvation, riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. And Joel 1 7. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine. Because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. 
For a nation has come up against my land, strong and without number. His teeth are like the teeth of a lion, and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare and thrown it away. Its branches are made white. So here are three statements in the Old Testament comparing Israel, a cursed Israel, comparing it to a fig tree that appears to have the fruit but never has the fruit. And so we find with our Lord Jesus, he curses, he comes to the fig tree that's got all the leaves, all the, from a distance it looks very productive, but you get there and there's nothing there. And he curses the fig tree. Just as three times in the Hebrew, through the Hebrew prophets, Israel was cursed formerly because of their wicked rebellion against God. And so we find Jesus saying the same thing, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Now remember, Jesus went into the temple the first day, but it was late, so he did nothing. Now he's going to do something. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. If you look, if you have a, a book that... Uh, you can buy some books there. It used to have Christian bookstores around. Now you have to go on the internet. The way the tabernacle and later the temple was laid out, you had the Holy of Holies that only the high priest would go into twice on one day, once a year. And he would go into there twice. Other than that, no one went into the Holy of Holies. That was where the Ark of the Covenant was. That was where the uh, bronze, the, where the angels of gold were hovering over the mercy seat once a year on one day of the year the high priest would go with her and twice first with an offering for himself and then he would go in with an offering for the people then you had the holy place and that was where you had the the altar of sacrifice you had the altar of burnt incense and you had the place the only people allowed in that part of the temple were the were the priests the levitical priests and jewish males then outside of that, you had two segments. One was called the court of the women, where the Jewish women could go into. And you had the court of the Gentiles, the nations over here. What had happened over the last couple of hundred years before Jesus cleanses the temple? The, the court of the Gentiles, the court of the nations where the Gentiles were, they had been shoved out and had become a marketplace where the money changes, where if you wanted to give money to God, if you wanted to present a financial offering to God, you couldn't just use any old currency. No, 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 no. You've got to use the temple currency. So you go to the money changers, and you had to buy the temple coinage for an exorbitant exchange rate. Then you could give to God. And so the wicked priesthood is stealing money from the people so they can actually do what they want to do to worship God. And there, there are people there selling doves. And there are people there selling... 
They had turned it into a market, that court of the Gentiles, into a marketplace. And Jesus cleansed it. He ran all of those people out. Ran all of those people out. He cleansed the temple. Notice what he says. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? Isn't just Jews that God is welcoming? Let me ask you a simple question. Was Abraham a Jew or a Gentile when he was welcomed into the presence of God as redeemed? He was a Gentile. Genesis 12, Abraham's a Gentile when he gets this outrageous blessing. Genesis 15, Abraham, it says of Abraham, and Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It's not till chapter 17 when he gets the ritual of circumcision that the Jewish cultural format was started. Abraham is the father of faith of both Jews and Gentiles. Is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves? And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. He is a threat to their criminal enterprise. For they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. He is teaching them truth contrary to the lies that they had been taught. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, the third day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. What's going to happen to Israel, the nation of Israel, to this temple format? Well, we all know the history. After having engineered, of course, by God's uh, God's prompting, they engineered the crucifixion of Jesus. Jesus rises on the third day. What had Jesus already said? Hey, when you see the enemy coming up to to Jerusalem, get out of Dodge. Get out of here. Get out. Get out. Get out. Because Israel will be destroyed. Because the apostles, as we're going to see in this narrative, they're going to be saying they're... Oh, Lord, look at this wonderful temple. Isn't it just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing? It's so gorgeous, so gorgeous, so gorgeous. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And Jesus says, don't get too excited, boys, because the day is coming when there won't be one stone left on another. And that's going to happen in 70 A.D. And Jesus gave warning to his people. When you see the enemy coming, get out, because they, Israel will be, excuse me, Jerusalem will be destroyed. The temple will be destroyed. And the scribes and the chief priests heard Jesus' words and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, the third day, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. So Jesus answered and said, Yes, I, I knew what I could do. I had faith in myself <laughs> and my authority. Having, have faith in God, not yourself. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, 
He will have whatever he says. We just prayed for several very difficult issues. For people who are in very difficult situations. We just prayed for those people. We gave thanks for Ray's deliverance, for his help. But Lord, we prayed for people that are experiencing very difficult, tumultuous situations. Is God able? If you believe, he is able. That's a challenge to us, is it not? Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything... Oh, okay. Believe those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, this is the second requirement, if you have anything against anyone, if anyone has harmed you, forgive them, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Don't hold a grudge against somebody else because you sure don't want God holding a grudge against you. And as open-handed as you are with your willingness to forgive is the same measure by which God will be open-handed with us. That is a gigantic motivation to forgive. The more generous you are in forgiving other people, the more generous God will be in forgiving you. Whenever you stand praying, if you have any... Anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. What did Jesus teach us to pray in the Sermon on the Mount in heaven? Hallowed be your name, set your reputation apart. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And forgive us our trespasses, our debts, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. The measure by which God forgives us is the measure by which we are willing to forgive others. Ouch. <laughs> Pray for God, the Holy Spirit's help. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Whew. There's a lot here, folks. There's a lot here. The King has come into Jerusalem. The king has come. He's come to us. And how did he come to us? He came to us as our Redeemer before this narrative of this time is over here in Mark's Gospel. We're going to see the Lamb of God, as John the Baptist said of him. We're going to see the Lamb of God handed over to the priests. The priests are going to examine him and find no fault in this man. They're going to bring him to Pilate because, because Pilate's in town, they don't dare execute anybody. The Romans reserve that right to themselves. So they bring Jesus to Pilate, and when he says, what are you accusing him of? Forget that accusation nonsense. Just crucify him. What? They have nothing to accuse him of. 
except the two things he agreed were true. Yes, I am the Son of God. Yes, I am the King of the Jews. And he was crucified. He was put on that cross. And all of the judgment due to you and to me was poured out on him. He took sin's penalty on himself in our place. And it finally came to that point, the sixth statement he cried out from the cross, it is finished, to telestai, it is paid in full. That was the meaning of that word, to telestai, in the marketplace and the Roman court system. He had paid off our sin debt. All I need to do to receive that benefit is to hold out an empty hand to God and say, may I please have that benefit? And God will, with greater eagerness, answer our prayers than we even prayed it. He is a God who loves mercy. Can we be grateful that we have a God who loves mercy? We sure can, because I need all the mercy I can get. Maybe you do too. <laughs> but that's what we're seeing. We're in the midst of this narrative that will lead Jesus to the cross where he will pay sin's penalty. Then he will be placed in that tomb and then he will rise. And he is the King of kings, Lord of lords right now. He is the risen Lord with all authority, all power in heaven and on earth. If he has all the power, what does that leave to his enemies? Nothing. They're just smoke and mirrors. They're just a show. Jesus has all power. Literally nobody can look at you cross-eyed without divine approval, without divine permission. Let's pray for ourselves that we will get what is being communicated to us here. Our Lord, you are Lord of Lords. You paid sin's penalty for us. So much did you love us, God, that you sent your Son to pay sin's penalty for us. So much, God the Son, did you love us that you willingly obeyed the Father and came to pay sin's penalty for us. So much did you love us, God the Holy Spirit, that you sustained the entire process. We have a triune God who loves us, who is a God of mercy and grace and kindness and unrestrained, immeasurable power. All of those people for whom we prayed formerly and for ourselves, we ask that you would step in and address those issues for which we prayed. And Lord, most especially, that our loved ones, our neighbors, those who surround us, who are not yet redeemed, that Lord, you would grant to us the opportunity to share the kingdom, the grace message. And that you, we will be given eyes to see people stepping into your kingdom. We ask this of you, good shepherd. Enable us in the days to come, we pray. Amen.